Hello, everyone. This is Tommy at World at War Comics, and this week we have another amazing guest. This time we are speaking with the one and only David Boer. Um, I can't wait for you to hear this uh, conversation that we had. Um, just so insightful and such a thoughtful um, human being. Um, takes his craft extremely serious, and it comes through when you read anything from Specs to Firefly to Canto to Rain. I mean, um, Killer Queens. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, I think you're going to really enjoy this. So um, before we get into it, though, give us a like, give us a subscribe, and please share this content. It really helps the indie community. But without further ado, here is uh, Mr. David Boer. Thanks, David, for joining. Talk soon. Well, hello, everyone. I'm really excited to have David Boer here. Am I pronouncing your last name right, David? You nailed it. You David? nailed it. I love it. Yes, yes. I wanted to make sure I got that right. Can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming on. You've uh, you've accomplished a lot um, in comics, so I'm really excited to kind of go through your history. And you have some, I think, some passion projects that I would love for you to kind of share with. Um, so let's just dive right in, David. Um, where did this passion for writing begin? Because you're writing a lot. So what what age and what time frame did that take place for you? I'll just start off by saying they're all passion projects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yes. It's like picking your but favorite then, child, right? It's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm not picking any of you. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, but that that's sort of my guiding light throughout this whole process is just yeah. doing projects, just doing stories that... Um, yeah. I love and I'm passionate about them. And in the, in the licenses that I've gotten to write for, um, those worlds are just just worlds that I grew up with. I yeah. love. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> I've got I'm wearing it on my sleeve. Literally. <laughs> um, but that's you know, and that's sort of where I started was uh, you know passion for writing. I, yeah. Writing, you know, going all the way back to college. Once upon a time, I started sort of writing a little bit then. Yeah. Um, and then life paths take you in strange and interesting places. So For I don't sure. know if you've seen in my bio, but I have, I've practiced law for 17 years. Yeah. So I'm a licensed attorney. Um, <laughs> I had the good, the very good fortune of um, being able to leave that and, and yeah. focus on writing full time in the fall of 21. So a year and a half now, uh, right in the midst of the uh, pandemic. So that, that was a fun <laughs> Lots of things changed. Yeah, but, yeah. But um, even even writing while I was an attorney, so my day job was working for the court system. So I work for judges. So every, yeah. every day, you know, nine to five, eight hours a day, I would be researching and writing legal opinions. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a particular skill. Yeah. And then um, in the evenings, on the weekends, I would I I wrote. I started by writing fiction, and I I like to tell folks that I I wrote three novels, which was kind of you know, crazy, right? Yeah. But they were all absolutely terrible because I was just starting. But there is a silver lining, which was each successive book was a little less terrible than the last one. That's so how it works, right? <laughs> progress. Just a little, just a little, little bit baby of steps forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I started uh, sort of uh, transitioning into writing features and TV and uh, just mm -hmm. trying to do that. Realizing that the stories that I wanted to tell we're like hundred million dollar movies. Yeah. Like how do you how do you write a hundred million dollar movie? Well, yeah. You write a comic book. Yeah. So, yeah. I've been going to San Diego Comic Con for years and years and years. Uh, probably fifteen or more. Oh wow. Years so before, I got in there just before it became just 
absolute chaos. <laughs> so I remember going, <laughs> the last <laughs> memory that's burned into my mind. So if folks know, if, if they're listening right now, yeah, to get a badge for Comic-Con, just to yeah. attend, it's like the Hunger Games. You have to yeah. kill like 14 children, <laughs> yeah. and then you may not True. even get it. Uh, they used to have so, to pay for it once you get picked, which is another lean like, on your house oh, and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> we have selected you for the privilege of paying $400. Yeah. Pass. So I remember uh, the last year that before that all went, went, you know, spiraled down. Yeah. They had these like 20 or 30 registers set up in the sales pavilion that were just all staffed. Yeah. There was nobody there. And on a Friday, I was walking through and I thought, I'm here right now. Why don't I just buy our badges for the next year? Yeah. And I did. I oh. walked right up and I did it. And then the next year, you had to kill all the kids. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so, so I've been going to Comic Con for a long time and I was never, yeah. I used to say, and I've said this, uh, you know, in a number of times, but yeah. I used to think that I came late into comics. Yeah. But then I realized that was wrong for two reasons. One is saying that you're late to comics suggests that there is a time that's right to yeah, come to yeah. comics. And you could be eight or you could be 80 yeah, coming yeah. to comics for the first time. And it's that's the right time. Yeah. But then the Good second point. thing I thought was saying that I was late to comics um, is not accurate because comics is such an enormous umbrella that when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I was dedicated to reading Mad Magazine and yeah. Farside yeah. and their comics. Yeah, and yeah. it's such a fascinating thing for me <laughs> to think that, you know, Calvin and Hobbes and Watchmen yeah. have the same DNA. They have the same DNA. <laughs> that is crazy and to so, think about. Yeah. And so, and that's what I love about comics is that yeah. you can, you know, it, yeah. it can change your, it can change your perspective. It can change your mind. Yeah. It can change your life. If you read one that you really connect to. So point, yeah. I started reading comics 15 years ago when I started going to San Diego Comic-Con Yeah, and I read my, my first comic and it's still my favorite comic is Lock and Key. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the first comic that I read that I thought I, I had no idea that storytelling could be like this. Yeah. And comics yeah. were like this. I yeah. thought it was Marvel, DC superheroes. I was yep. kind of aware a little bit of indie stuff, but mm-hmm. never, Never yeah. to the place where lock and key sort of hit with me. Yeah. So from there, this is my very long origin story, but from there. No, it's beautiful. Super, I love it, David. The yeah. super villain I am today. That's um, awesome. Uh, yeah. So I, I read lock and key and then I thought, you know, this is something that I think I would like to try. Yeah. And I pitched my first story and it got picked up by a publisher that eventually became Vault Comics. Yep. And I did a couple projects with them. And then in 2018, IDW picked up um, Canto yeah. with a pitch. And that was the one that really uh, gained gained a lot of um, – we all came together because we love it. Drew and yeah. I, Drew Zuck, Zucker, who's the artist on Canto, we uh, love the story. We love the character. We, uh, we love being in that world. Yeah. And it was so fun to see when it came out that a lot of other people also shared that passion oh, that yeah. we shared. Yeah. So that kind of opened the doors for me. And since since uh, 2019, when that first came out, yeah, uh, I've been doing a lot of other things. And <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to think that Kanto came out only about uh, in June of 2019. Yeah. So I was only in the industry, like really gaining any traction in the industry as a creator yeah. and having something that was successful 
Yeah. And eight months later, it all shut down yeah. in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I think months. back and I'm like, yeah, it seems like I was doing it for a lot longer, but yeah. um I think yeah, uh, so, uh, COVID like added 10 years to all of us, I think. <laughs> but you know, it also stripped away all of the extra yeah. stuff that everybody was doing. So yeah, yeah. what are editors doing? But yeah. looking at acquisitions and looking at yeah. pitches and Good same point. same in the Good TV point. and film industry. I've gotten a lot of opportunities through the pandemic because, yeah. you know, the, the executives were not going out to dinners they weren't going out mm. to lunches and drinks and coffee and all these things mm. they weren't producing mm. anything so they were just acquiring so yeah um it was an opportunity to focus really on what matters which is story and substance yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome incredible so then you get to canto but that's not it i mean that is that's your breakaway for sure right would you consider that kind of the breakaway i mean i would tell you i have an enormous amount of Canto that I really love. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're 23 issues into Canto, so it's definitely going strong. Yeah. We're coming out. Of, we've been teasing it, and we have some really exciting news for you know on the Canto front. Yeah. Uh, but we will be continuing. We've got one more six-issue story arc that we've been talking about called A Place Like Home oh. that's going to complete the what I'm calling the Shrouded Man saga. Okay. So it's, it's all five from Canto number one all the way through Canto number... Um, it's going to be 29 issue 29. Okay. Cause we've got like the clockwork fairies one shot. And then we've got yeah. the city of giants, three issues. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, that might be my favorite, the city of giants, by the way, I love that one. I mean, they're all great, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it was have... so fun. We, we brought on Sebastian Perez to do the art so that you uh-huh. could be freed up to do Canto three. Yeah. It was fun to, to just have this world <laughs> where we could play in with different, yeah. different uh, themes yeah uh sort of in the six issues that's going to complete that arc and then i think there's going to be the opportunity to um continue on and there's going to be the uh, you know we're gonna we're 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 gonna bring out the uh lots of folks have been asking for hardcovers yeah uh, it looks like that's going to happen so um we'll be able to do that nice so canto is going to go strong but since canto i did killer queens which yep. is um a personal story yeah. personal story it's like <laughs> it's a big sci-fi romp that i like to uh we brought it together an all lgbtq plus creative uh-huh. team that i uh-huh. to make the story that i refer to as guardians of the galaxy <laughs> that's where we are i haven't heard that term yet <laughs> I love it. I love so that's it. my pitch for it. Um, so that was with Dark Horse, and <laughs> yeah. uh, we will be having some announcements for that nice. um, going forward. So that's exciting. I did that, yeah. and then January of last year, I believe, is when we started with Rain. Yes, uh, which was with Image Comics and Syzygy Comics, and my buddy Chris Ryle, who used to be at IEW, mm-hmm. and in a beautiful moment of Syzygy of <laughs> of synchronicity in the yeah. universe. Uh, Rain is based on a short story by Joe Hill, who mm. also did Lock and Key. Uh, so I started my passion for comics <laughs> with Lock and Key so and cool. gotten to the point probably 10 years later yeah. to be doing, uh, uh, to be able to adapt, to work with Joe and adapt one of his stories into comics with the artist Zoe Thurgood, who's wonderful and a rising yeah. star herself, which is amazing. Um, that was again a passion project because I read the I read the novella. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the characters, and I thought yeah. it's so visual. This should yeah. be something. This should be mm-hmm. something. And so we did it as a comic. Yeah, that's awesome. So I did. 
So how does so that come really, about? Do you reach out and they know you're a huge fan? Like, how does that all come together to kind of come full circle for you, right? 10 years later. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of folks, you always say this advice. It's like, never burn bridges. Always be nice oh, yeah. to everybody. Absolutely. Always, always. Yeah. And it's not even networking. It's just being like a nice person. A human, a good right? person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a human being that other people want to spend time with. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's my number one advice for people in the, uh, you know, getting into the industry as a writer, artist, whatever. Yeah. Just be the kind of person that other people want to see succeed. Yeah, and that's exactly. and those are the people that will help you. So, yeah. when I was working on Canto at IDW, Chris, Chris and I, Chris Ryle, who's the editor mm -hmm. at Syzygy, um, we sort of I I'd met him. He knew about Canto, and we sort of worked yeah. together a little bit. I didn't, I wasn't really, I didn't really know him very well mm -hmm. uh, when he was there. And then he left at IDW, and he uh, he left IDW and started sort of doing something on his own, which is this yeah. imprinted image. And I had talked to him at some point along the way about how much I loved this story, Rain. Yeah. And of course, Chris is the um, editor on Lock and Key, and he's very close friends with Joe. Yeah. And so Chris reached out to me and he's like, do you, are you still interested? I think we might be able to do this. Interested yeah. in, in adapting Rain? And I said, well, heck yeah, I am. <laughs> so he talked to Joe. He That's sent awesome. over, I think, Kanto as my writing sample. And yeah. Chris was the one who really championed me to Joe because That's Joe's awesome. not a not a big, uh, you know, it's not like a lot of uh, a lot of us as writers were kind of you know particular. Yeah. And yeah. so I think Joe is sort of particular about adaptations and that sort of thing. But he liked Kanto. You know what? Let's give it a shot. That's awesome. And so I wrote my treatment, how I would adapt it, because some things kind of changed a little bit yeah. from the from the story to because for me, my philosophy is write the best version of the story that serves the medium you're working in. Mm. So comics not a storyboard for a movie. Um, yeah. A movie's not a not a um, outline, you know, roadmap for a TV show. Mm -hmm. All of those things, you just have to write the best story that's going to work yeah. in a medium. Oh wow! So I I did an outline for Rain how I would adapt it to comics, and yeah. Joe uh, I think really responded to that. And then I wrote the first issue script, and I and I just you know poured my passion <laughs> and like my soul. And it probably just script. flowed out of you, David. I mean, if you're such a big fan, right? It, I was like, you, are you nervous yes. because of? Uh, Joe's going to see it. Like what kind of feelings are you going through as you're doing that? Cause there's a lot of excitement and I'm sure that story's coming to you and you've probably been thinking about this for a long time, but then it's going back to the creator, right? I mean, there's gotta be a little nervousness there. I would think. Yeah. And Joe is so, so nice. Oh, good. Good. Uh, yeah. So when I approached <laughs> it, I knew exactly um, I've, I've done it. And with specs is, is similar. I feel like mm -hmm. specs is a sort of spiritual successor to rain because uh -huh. it's, this character and relationship first horror yeah. stories. Yeah. And that's what I, and that's the ones I love to do. It's like yeah. write about these characters and then bad stuff happens to them. <laughs> so that's exactly how I went into rain. I'm like, I'm going to write this about this, this, this uh, relationship, this um, love between these two characters that yeah. we're going to then challenge in this apocalyptic scenario. Yeah. And that's how I approached it. And uh, the story does approach it in that way. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I tracked it, but I really brought that relationship forward yeah. for the comic yeah. to make it more visual. Um, and it's, this is going to sound so 
I don't, I hope I'm not, I hope this doesn't sound bad, but I'm going to say it. Yeah. Um, I wrote this script and it fit together so nicely that I thought I sent it over to Chris and Chris responded in the same way I responded with the, yeah. to it, which was like, this is it. This is the story that we want to tell. That's awesome. And so by that point, when I sent it over to Joe, I had a good sense that he might yeah. have notes or he might have changes or that sort of thing, but we were well on the path that we all wanted to be on. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's something as a writer that I've finally gotten to. That's, that's the stage that I've gotten to where I look at something and I'm like, yes, yeah, this is it. There's going to be notes. There's going to be changes. There's going to be edits, but I know deep in my gut yeah. that this is, we're on the right track. Yeah. That's so cool. That's got to be a good feeling too. To be on the right track. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, especially on like, something that you're so passionate flip about. the table. <laughs> this is not working. I'm out. Uh, yeah. So I, I have, I have very much learned that the number one yeah. thing that I can do that any creator can do uh-huh. is follow their gut. Yeah. Yeah. That is never wrong. It's never, yeah. ever, ever wrong. No matter yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, it, it won't come across if you've tried to, uh, probably go against that gut in your writing, right? I think people will read that and know it's not genuine. So uh, yeah, I I definitely, I think you're the type of writer, right? If you're going to pour something in, it's going to be really who you are and it comes across genuine. And that's probably why most people like what you do. And that's, I I mean, that's specs. Specs is exactly that, which is I'm just, I'm going to do the story that I want to do. And I know, and I feel it in my gut that I I love it. I love that story. So it's almost it's hard to explain but you get a you get the more passionate i am about a story and the more i want to just tell the story that i want to tell the thicker the skin i have (laughs) yep yep or if people don't like it if it's not successful i really don't it doesn't yeah 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 pounces off because it's what i wanted to tell it's what i wanted to do and there's a lot of comics out there telling me there is a lot of yeah, comics out there there is <laughs> and i just don't want to be doing the 50 second yeah big broad sci-fi creator <laughs> own thing that's gonna yeah. go out there and land with a thud i just yeah. don't want to keep doing that i just yeah. want to do what i want to do yeah yeah and i think what's great is you start to build this history and then you get to the point where you can do that david i think you've earned that and now you can do those kind of things and i think a lot of people like image comics idw um some of these uh you know different brands are probably very trusting and whatever you're going to put out there is going to hit really nice so i think a lot of writers want to get to that point and it's pretty cool that uh you're there you know what i mean (laughs) i mean it's it's uh, honestly it's it's i remember being i remember 2017 david yeah yeah (laughs) his first thing came out yeah i remember feeling that way i would sit in panels and i would look up at the stage and be like how cool is that? Yeah. How yeah, cool sure. is that to get to that point? Yeah. And the only way yeah. that I got to that, I mean, yes, you have to have some level of talent. You've got to sure. be a good person and you have to find your way in the industry and you've got to do all yeah. these things. But for me, the number one thing is I just I just write what I what I love to write. Yeah. And Canto is a great example. Yeah. Drew sent me this character sketch. We had been wanting to work together on something and he sent me this character sketch and within one half second, 
one half second <laughs> of opening that PDF yeah. in my and seeing that little character, I said, I don't know who this is and I don't know what the story is, <laughs> but we are going to tell it yeah. because I had such a vis I had like the baby Yoda, the Grogu <laughs> visceral reaction. Yeah. Like if anything's gonna if anything happens to this character, I'm gonna riot. Yeah. So I knew right out of the gate. I'm like, I don't care if this is successful or is not successful. This is the kind of comic that I want to read. Yeah. So this is the kind of comic I want to write. And that has been like my guiding principle for all, you know, every series I do, yeah. whether it's big, you know, queer sci-fi or yeah, yeah. all ages fantasy or <laughs> horror, or all this stuff. Yeah. It's just, what do I want to read as a, as a comics reader? Yeah. And it's not, it's, you know, yeah. I, I just don't want to rehash the same things over and over. So I'm I'm really hoping like if if I were to go back into the eighties and this was like a Saturday morning cartoon, it would blow my mind. Um it's I mean, so much it needs it. to be like, an animated like something. I just think it would be incredible. It's in development as a movie that yeah. I'm writing uh the script, so you know it's gonna be very true to the voice of Kanto. Yeah. yeah um yeah. But yeah, part of part of the pitch is that it's you remember Labyrinth, the never ending yes. story and, oh. and and huge uh, impact on my life, never ending Dark story. Crystal. Oh, I get chills. Secret of Nam. I know <laughs> we, we we're the we we share the same entertainment brain, it sounds like. Yeah. Because yeah. that's that's how I pitch it. I'm like, yeah. just bring just bring those those that feeling, that sensibility to yeah. modern audiences. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's lacking now. I mean, the stuff that you yeah. see, it's all like, oh, we're doing Labyrinth again. We're doing Dark Crystal again. We're doing Willow yeah. again. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It, yeah. It's one thing to to bring back something from the eighties. It's another thing yeah. to hit what that what those things meant in yeah. the eighties, but do it with something new and something that's contemporary in yeah. in twenty twenty three. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with you. There, you know, writers sometimes get writer's block. I do think we're going through a stage of creator's block. And if you notice a lot of the things that are kind of coming out, it's really like a part two of something that happened 20 years ago. Um, and so I, I fully agree. Oh, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just uh, totally uh, trashed bringing stuff I didn't mean it like and that. And I'm like, I love Dungeons and Did Dragons not mean that, David. Did not um, mean that, my friend. But you know what I mean, right? There's a lot of movies that have come like Ghostbusters. There's going to be another Ghost. There's, I think there's three Ghostbusters a lot. And again, they're fun. I, no, I'm not throwing shade at them at all. But, um, you know, you're just redoing the same thing with different characters. And although, you know, from a diversity standpoint, those things need to be done. But I feel like you could be a little bit more creative and tell a whole new story while still bringing forth some of those most important things. And sometimes I feel like some of that's missing. It's just a, a regurgitation. And you're just changing out people. And uh, I feel like where's that creativity like you were talking about where you could have kind of the essence of that with a new story that's more modern, where more people could connect to it. And then in the next 20 years, we'll be talking about Canto as opposed to Star Wars, which happened in the reboot, 70s, right? The reboot, the sequel, yeah. the prequel. Yeah. yeah. I, You know, unfortunately, the reality that we're working in is that all, all of these studios and networks and everybody are looking for yeah. some hook to get people to, yeah. to come in. And for if sure. that hook is that this existed 30 years ago, then that's what they're going to use. Yeah. So, yeah. Original properties like Canto is really, uh, you know, uphill battle. So yeah, you gotta like, you just have to, <laughs> you have to have something to get people to notice. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. quality unfortunately is not 
is is not going to be the sole thing that pushes something forward. So there is a path forward and it's uh, convincing the world that convincing everyone from studios down to audiences that new is good. And there's going to be some, some mix, some equilibrium between stuff that we know and new things. Right. Right. That hopefully that's where we get. And with streaming, of course, you can try all kinds of new things. Oh yeah. But even there, but even there, like going toward, Oh, we need to make sure we have some, some built-in success in there. So, but we're still pushing forward. We're still going to do it. Push it forward. You have to, right? You have to. You have to. (laughs) So then we, we kind of come to uh, Firefly, the all new Firefly, which is oh, yes. pretty awesome because, uh, in fact, uh, about uh, maybe a month and a half ago, I started rewatching that first series of Firefly mm. just because it's been so long since I watched it. And it was, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was free with ads on like Pluto or one of those. I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of those free. And then it just dropped on Hulu because when um, I reached out Let's to you, go. I'm like, yeah. I should check and see if uh, if Firefly's still on. I think it was Tubi, actually. I'm sorry. It was Tubi. And then I, I saw it was on Hulu without commercials. I'm like, this is awesome. So I'm going to restart it all over again. You kind of got me back into it. So, yeah. Did you watch it all? I did. I'm on, uh, I'm on um, uh, episode five of uh, season one. So, yeah, it's just so cool to get back into it. And I just like ah, yeah. it brings back a lot of really positive memories. And I loved the show. I loved yeah. the show so much. I just love yeah. the tone of it and the yeah. characters and the way they just interact with each other. Yeah. And I've watched it, you know, multiple time, times. So yeah. when I got the chance, I started with Firefly doing a one shot. And I told the story of how Simon got River out of yeah. um, the Academy on Osiris and got, got her onto Serenity in the, yeah. in the pilot episode when she's in the little um, crate. Yeah. Uh, so from there, then boom, then I got to write the, the gospel according to Jane, which is my big long story arc about Jane. It's yeah. a, it's a 10 issues plus a double sized last issue, big, big damn finale. And I'm, <laughs> Don't I haven't heard anything since that's come out, but yeah. they're they're doing I think the hardcover for the volume one, which is the first four issues, has come out. Volume two is um, being solicited right now, which is great. Yeah. So please everybody buy it. I want to yeah. get that volume three, absolutely, um, and I want to have that beautiful three co- three hardcover set. Yeah. But getting to tell a Jane story in this world is absolutely phenomenal. It's got to be a lot of fun Artists, too, right? Being such a fan, yeah, because it's just <laughs> because it's just like Jane gets such a there's there's a moment in the show. There was an episode where it's the one where they go to the hospital. Oh yeah, they've got to get and they're smuggling out the um, the medication. Yeah, uh, from the hospital on Osiris and uh-huh. Jane sort of does this underhanded thing where he's going to turn turn uh, Simon and River in, yeah. and ultimately he doesn't. And then yeah, um, and then Mal puts him in the airlock because he found out about it and yeah. Jane in the airlock and instead of pleading for his life. Yeah. He tells Mal, don't tell the uh, others what I did. Yeah. Oh yeah. And in that moment, Mal yeah. changes his entire scene. Everything. Mal changes his entire perspective on who yeah. Jane is. Yeah, yeah. And it was that moment that pushed me to explore who Jane really is. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a, you know, he's a higher, he's a higher gun. Yeah. He's so much more complicated than that. His history is so much more complicated. And he's a good guy inside, but he doesn't know 
Yeah. He's afraid for other people to see that. And he's just yeah. trying to navigate the not the vulnerable, verse. right? He just doesn't seem vulnerable at times, right? He's he's not, but that's because he has tried. Yeah. When he was young, he tried. Yeah. And he got burned. Yeah, yeah. And so he 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 has ingrained in his brain that yeah. the the path of good is not is not um Mm. is not the path to success so he mm. just does he just does what he needs to yeah. but he's pushed in the in this in this story arc that i wrote he gets pushed in a situation where he's got to show his true colors yeah. and he does yeah. and it's um for me it was a, it was just a, a an amazing ride <laughs> it was an amazing ride to be able to do that yeah i so when you were at diggers i did get it and i finally got it back it takes so what? long to get back but this is the one you signed for me over at diggers so oh my god i love it i love yeah. it i don't even have that slabbed yet <laughs> well i'll send this to you if you want it you deserve it man it's yours but uh, oh man it's so is... awkward for me to have anything that's signed by me and slapped ah, that's okay yeah I'm like i'm collecting my own signature I know. Um, so but I it's still pretty answer. cool Still pretty cool yeah, to have I guess, it slabbed, I would think, though. Yeah, so I get the uh, so I have all I have like rain number one and specs yeah. number one. I have Canto. I have all eight of the um, issue number one where we started. There's eight different covers. Oh, for Canto for three printings for Canto. Yeah, and yeah. I have all of those in nine point eight. Those are a little expensive uh, on eBay, just so you know. The first one. <laughs> not if you bought them in 2019, my friend. <laughs> It's true. Very true. Bet on yourself. You bet on yourself. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I could have sent them in to get them slabbed because I have some. But yeah. you know that the 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 Canto number ones came off the press with creases on the on uh, the. Do you know this story? No, no, it's called please. The, called the Canto crease. <laughs> they, wow, they named it. The, yeah, and there's actually a YouTube tutorial video. I don't know if it's still up where I'm teaching you how to press out the Canto crease. Oh my number ones. I'm gonna try and find that, David. I'm gonna try and find it. <laughs> I know that's why the prices are outrageous because there was only 6,500 was the first initial print run. Oh, okay. And 80 percent of them or more came off the press wow. with like three three of these creases on the spine. So yeah. you have to press them to yeah. get a 9.8, basically. Yeah. So that's why I didn't do any of that. I just bought them second hands <laughs> for um, already already slabbed. But yeah. I have those. I have um, specs number one, rain number one, yeah. killer queens number one, I, all in nine point eights. I did do the specs two number one because you signed that one for me as well, and Chef's it's gorgeous. Curse. It's so beautiful. You know what's funny is that you send them in. I literally bought this from you. It was brand new. I didn't touch it. I sent it in right away to get slabbed. And a nine eight. I'm not pooing on a nine eight. I want to know: Has anyone ever got a ten on anything? Like, is that even yes. possible? There's metal covers. Yeah, there's oh, metal okay. covers and foil covers. That's, uh, I, in my IMHO, in my humble opinion, it's because they resist any sort of damage. Yeah, yeah. Something like that, something like specs, which is just regular, you know, newsprint paper. Yeah. is not going to, um, I mean, it's very rare to get a, I mean, it's very rare, 9.9. Yeah, I've never I'm seen a, it. I'm happy with 9.8. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I just saw a ten. It was a foil something. Oh, was it? Yeah. But I can imagine. I can't even imagine. So I feel like 9.8 is really a ten, right? That's that's a ten. That's a ten. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never gonna get to be a ten personally. So <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll accept myself as a nine eight. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take just, it. I'll take anything in the nines to be quite the older as I'm, I get. As I'm, I was gonna say as I'm aging, I'm like yeah. nine four, nine two, six five. 
Um, I, it'd be funny to ask my wife what she thinks. I, I think I'd be in the sevens at this point in my life. So <laughs> the longer you're with a partner, right? The I think the well, you, you learn to live with each other. But anyways, you get that's those funny. creases. You get those creases. <laughs> I feel like I have Fine a lot of creases, creases lately. <laughs> same, same. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So awesome. I did. So I did Firefly, and that wrapped up. And yep. Specs at Boom, which is yep. a four issue series that's um, currently in pre-orders for the trade um Which that was awesome. really exciting it did really well i just love the um, premise of the story too it's just it's incredible right i mean cool it's it like a twilight zone to me it is that's what it reminded me of the twilight Zone. i grew up watching the twilight zone and there's some episodes that i had bad dreams about for a long time as a kid um but this reminded me a little had a little bit of a flavor of that um, but I just love the principle of it with the specs. And it just, I, I thought the story was amazing. No, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah, that was another passion project that, you yeah. know, had a long, a long tale and a long history and a long life getting mm. to boom for the four issues there. And I'm just glad uh, Chris Sheehan was the artist on it. And uh, yeah. they're just fantastic on it. And um, it's you know, amazing it's the, the dance that you have to have with an artist. Like when you're reading a comic book, right? You're you're limited to how much you could write. If if not, you're writing a novel, right? So th there's limitations. And I would love your perspective on how important it is to have the right artist for that story to come forth, right? Because it's not just the words that's telling the story. The pictures and each block is leading you on to what the next, yeah. I think, uh, um, bubble is going to say. And when you have an artist where you're really in connection, I feel like, man, it really comes through. I don't know. If you have that sense, I'm sure you do. I mean, you've been doing this a while, but how important is that as a writer? So it's, it's uh, selecting the partnering with the right artist is key. Yeah. And as long as that artist has the right tone and style and mm -hmm. is technically, uh, you know, a good artist, even if not a lot of experience, you can tell when with sample pages, if yeah. an artist has the technical skill. So I think that's, uh, it's style and skill yeah. that you, and if you get it right, like with Chris and with Drew and with yeah. Claudia on, on Killer Queens, if you get that right partnership, I write the scripts and they go yeah. and I describe what's in the panels and I do the, the, the dialogue and that sort of thing. And then it goes off. And if I've done my job to describe sort of what I'm thinking, the artist takes it and elevates it. Yeah far beyond whatever I've pictured, yeah. but they get, they get what I'm going for on the page. So even if it doesn't look, look exactly like the essence is there, yeah. even if it's not exactly like what's in the script. And then the letterer is so key mm. um, yeah. to like on specs. Um, Roman Stevens was colors, right? Mm. So uh, the tone of the colors was so spot on that Rome, you know, it was just like that, that those palettes, the green yeah. palette and the pink, <laughs> you know, the pinkish red palette and just choosing these palettes that gave yeah. this eeriness to the whole story. Sure. It's like, you know, something, yeah. you know, something's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. You're worried about <laughs> you it. Like you get worried it and you're looking at the pictures, right? <laughs> and it's just, it maybe not even a conscious thing. You're just looking at it and you're like, yeah. uh, you know, the tone just, 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 um, just hits. The yeah. tone just hits and it conveys part of the story. Yeah. So the um, very long answer to your very short question is, no, no, yeah. uh, pick, you know, you get to the, you partner with the right artist and the script is the script and then you send it off and yeah. you almost don't have to have that 
daily back drew and i have daily back and forth but it's not necessarily on trying to get things right it's just Mm -hmm. talking yeah yeah but if you get get that right mix in there you kind of you kind of can let it all go so with specs that's what i did i wrote the scripts and then chris sort of was able to take it from there and when i saw the pages come back from chris i was like well this is exactly it. So, yeah. no notes. <laughs> A plus, awesome. no notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. So then we kind of end with specs, Dungeons and Dragons. We kind of talked about a little bit. Um, this is kind of the probably the most um, current, correct, that you're working on right now is Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And yeah, so specs just specs just ended. Dungeons and Dragons yep. is currently going. We just, I think when this drops, we'll just be about a week week out of um, issue two and a yep. couple of weeks away from issue number three. And it's a four issue arc. It's okay. based on the um, Saturday morning cartoon from the 80s, Dungeons yes. and Dragons. I'll show, my, I'll show my colors. Um, this is actually the shirt of the, <laughs> You're like a, of the cartoon. Oh, that's dope. That is awesome. I didn't even I'm, see a, I'm a billboard. <laughs> You're like a walking billboard, David. I'm so excited! Somebody sent me a text. What my my uncle sent me a text this morning? Uh huh. And you know that Hasbro put out these action figures for Dungeons yes. and Dragons Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Now they're doing. Um, oh God, I have to look. Uh, I forget what what. Uh, it's Hasbro is putting out uh, mini mates. Oh, mini mates. <laughs> little, little characters. <laughs> I just awesome. was like, yeah. How dare you! Force me to spend all of my money, Hasbro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that is so. Cool. I just and they and there was cameos in the movie, and it's just like yeah. there was this renaissance of this <laughs> cartoon that I adored when I was a kid. I adored it. So, getting the opportunity to write what is essentially a lost episode, yeah. it's like an episode of the show as a really? as a comic book, and yeah. seeing the people, yeah. you know, it's you always get a little nervous when things <laughs> get out there. Your yeah. work gets out there, but seeing the response and the fans just loving yeah. <laughs> that this is that this exists. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. like the story, and it's just it's been so fun to to play in this world. Yeah. And again, it goes back to passion. Yeah, as yeah. soon as I got the opportunity to do Dungeons and Dragons, I, was, yeah. I said, <laughs> you know, my big secret is I have never played a campaign of Dungeons and Dragons. I know the world, I know yeah, the, yeah. the monsters, and I know the game mechanics, and I know yeah. the history of it, yeah. and um, I know the cartoon in the movies, but I've never taken that next step, and I'm a little nervous about it because I think you need the right DM. Yeah, yeah. You need the right crew <laughs> yeah. to do a campaign because otherwise it could be really rough. So yeah. just waiting to dip my, t- you know, and it's time sync. So I'm waiting to yeah. dip my toe into that. But when IDW came to me and said, we're doing Dungeons and Dragons, it's like, oh, okay, that's fun. And they said, it's based on the Saturday morning cartoon. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you put anybody in front of me, I will, another Hunger Games reference, I will take them out. I'll take them out because I want to do this. Yeah, yeah. And I can, my job, Tommy, is sitting in front of my computer with my TV on. That's so cool. With Saturday morning 80s cartoons of Dungeons and Dragons playing. Yeah, yeah. As I am writing a script with dialogue of these very same characters. And I'm like, how is... Um, And I'm wearing a shirt. And I'm like, how is this... You're living the dream, man. This is my life. (laughs) It's just slightly different from being a lawyer in LA, I think. Not too far off, right? (laughs) 
my god, I can't even. I can't. Do even you do you miss it at all being a lawyer, or you are just so much engrossed by what you're doing now that you even forget you were a lawyer at one time? I mean, you're still a lawyer, obviously, but you forget that part of your life because you're having. I'm so, so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because a lot of people are like, oh, what is it? You know, how does it feel not to be a lawyer anymore? And yeah. you know. I, I strongly believe that everybody you've gone through the training, you've got yeah. you've gone past the bar, everything. You're always a lawyer no matter what you're yeah. doing. So I'm not practicing anymore, but honestly, I don't I, I don't this is my passion. This is my passion. This is what I'm gonna be doing for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna be going I'm I'm at a a you know, we're 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 very close <laughs> in age. So you I know, this so. is it's it's like that, you know, ninety degree turn as your yeah. life goes and you're just taking a different direction. So yeah, as compared to, um, you know, going into my job to write uh, legal opinions versus going yeah. into my job to, to watch cartoons and write <laughs> funny books. It's a, it, now it sounds like a really, I'm all in. in the way you said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in, I'm all in, but yeah, yeah. you know, you can, you're bringing it a little bit more serious. Yeah. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons has been such a wonderful experience for me because it's like Firefly. Yeah. Where I can, those characters live in my, they, they live yeah. rent free in my yeah. brain. Yeah. And so I know what Presto is going to say in any moment. Yeah. I know what, you know, what Eric's going to complain about here. I know how <laughs> Hank and Sheila are going to argue about this thing. Yeah. I just know yeah. when they're together, what they're going to say because they're yeah. internalized. And for me, writing other other folks' stories and properties and characters and everything, yeah. that's going to be my guiding principle going forward is, yeah. can, can I hear their voices? Can I, yeah. and, you know, that's a big reason why I haven't done any of, um, you know, I haven't really pursued any Marvel or DC, DC because yeah. I didn't grow up with those characters. Yeah, yeah. So, it would, I, you know, it'd have to be something that I feel really passionate about. Otherwise, it will be like sitting behind the desk and writing those legal opinions and just knowing that I'm just doing this yeah for the paycheck and so i gotta have that passion yeah yeah no. if there's any marvel and dc editors uh you know listening <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> let's find out what i'm passionate about let's talk and see what i'm passionate about yeah uh, yeah but uh uh yeah so that's really and it's a lot of the 80s yeah properties that you know the things that i loved as a kid yeah. i would love to write garbage bill kids oh, dynamite that would be pretty Gar cool garbage. <laughs> i heard you're mad man mad fan, balls right you watched a What's lot that? of Man growing up too. Oh my god, I freaking love T Man. <laughs> I loved it so much. Universe, yeah. Right, all the toys. Super passionate is Tim Seeley. I did not know how big of a He Man fan this guy was, and boy, he is. And no, he's writing Masters uh, of the Universe right now. So, oh yeah, you have to. I mean, that's the thing. You have to out for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm happy that Tim is writing it. Because yeah. he's such a huge fan, yeah, so I would be more, yeah, and I would be. It would it would make me sad to to see a, a property that I loved as a kid yeah. with somebody who's just not. Yeah, he's like you know that's fine. I'll just do it. Yeah, um, yeah. that's right. There's so many things. There's so many eighties things. I would love to write. I'm a big Nintendo oh. fan. I had the original Nintendo, so Super Mario Brothers, oh, Zelda, yeah. Mega Man. That might um, be coming to you, David, after the success of the movie. You never know. Maybe there will be a Super Mario oh, I would love that. you could do. <laughs> I just got um, graded a bunch of uh, uh, the Nintendo Valiant comics. Oh, did you? <laughs> from the, the late 80s, yeah. early 90s. I love them. Those so are going to blow up right now, yeah. 
Yeah, well, um, those, that's a, those are PC. Those are personal collections. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's the kind of thing. Like, I would love yeah. to. I would love to bring a, a new Zelda story with a, with yeah. an interesting artist uh, and do a new a new project there. Beetlejuice. Oh yeah. Um, DC. If you are listening, I want to do the Beetlejuice. I have yeah. an idea for Beetlejuice. Yeah, that's a WB do... property, right? Warner Brothers. So yeah. it would probably be a DC. Yeah, book. I would think so. Um, but Beetlejuice was the first movie I ever remember seeing in the movie theater. Really? Yeah. So there's you such heard, a deep are, passion. You, you hear that they're redoing it again, right? Yeah, they're doing the sequel. A sequel finally, of it, which yeah. Which is a great opportunity. Just like Dungeons & Dragons, I think um, yeah. the, car, the, the comic... Um, has seen a lot of success because it came out just timed yeah. right in the same week as the movie, which I think was maybe partly planned, but you can never yeah. really plan those things. So it just sort of lined up. So if there's a Beetlejuice sequel, I think that there should be an accompanying comic and <laughs> animated TV show. And maybe, <laughs> maybe, just maybe, Tommy, I might have an idea for both. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I hope that happens for you because uh, that would be a really good read for sure if you did it. Sure. <laughs> That's awesome. So I have a question just as a writer and let's use like, um, let's use Killer killer Queens or Rain because those had several issues, right? And as a writer, right, you, you launch issue one comes out but as a writer what issue are you already working on how far ahead normally especially in a in a series that you know is going to go maybe 10 issues how far ahead do you have to be in order to stay on top of a monthly issue coming out i just out of curiosity um, probably four probably four, okay. four. If, four yeah. if it's a four issue arc you you're usually have finished yeah. all the all the scripts gotcha. if it's a five issue you're probably four in mm -hmm. much more um concerning you know i shouldn't even say this but to get a first draft of a of a 20-page comic script out it's like it's like a day or two you yeah, sit down yeah. and really focus on it and you yeah. can get that first draft out if you just go 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 mm -hmm. uh revisions take a little bit longer yeah. but the scripting is really the it was really probably one of the quickest okay yeah. um, parts of the process it's really giving the artist enough time yeah. to draw so yeah. you need to have those scripts ready because an artist needs to be working uh, probably three issues ahead of release. Okay. Because once you solicit that first issue in the Diamond catalog and yeah. Penguin Random House for ordering, that train has left the station. And as, as I always say, you are either on that train or you're underneath it. So uh, yeah. the more preparation you can do before that happens, the more likely it is you're going to be riding in the train instead of being um, just completely run over. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really good insight. Been both places. I've been yeah. both places. Anyway. Yeah, I know. I have the scars from being run over, and uh, I look at them sometimes when I'm on the train as a reminder of where I need to be, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's really good insight. I think a lot of people have that question as a, a writer or an artist, like, how far ahead should I be if I'm trying to create something that I do want to put in, like, a diamond? Because I think there's a lot of people... And and, it, and what I love about indie is it's so easy on one hand, and I say this with all respect, it's so easy to get into indie comics if you want to create something. Of course, it's very expensive, but I mean, you have companies like uh, Comic Wellspring and Kablam, where I mean, you send them what you have, they print it in three weeks, you have your comic, right? 
then there's this yeah. uphill battle of getting someone to look at it <laughs> to give you feedback and to be right. successful. But uh, I always wondered that. And I think a lot of people I talk to are like, I wonder how far ahead like a writer has to be. So I appreciate you giving us that insight because that's, I think, valuable for sure. Yeah. And the key to it, I mean, and that's not just because it's, it's not the end of the world if you don't have it ready and you're soliciting it. Mm. But to set yourself up for success yeah it's already such a uphill battle you get your first issue comes out and hopefully you get some good success with it and uh, you know folks pick it up issue one yeah that's gonna be your high water mark yeah unless you are very very lucky and very unique yeah that's gonna be your high water mark on the number of um, copies that you sell and everything after that is gonna step down yeah yeah and the best way to kill any momentum that you might have is to release a monthly comic book that's four issues long and then take three months between issues two and three. Yeah. You're yeah. just done. You're, like you're going to lose over, all right. Is you're going to not even starting over. You just kind of, you have, you kill the, you kill um, the project. Yeah. So it's not even like you, you can build that back up. So mm-hmm. the working ahead is to ensure that you, it's already tough when you're on that monthly schedule yeah. that you'll see your, Issue one, if you if you hit ten thousand, your issue four, your issue five is going to be five thousand. It's going to be fifty yeah. percent. If you're doing well, yeah, it's going to be way less than that. If you have a delay in the in between, so the working ahead is really to set you up is yeah. to minimize the variables that you can control about mm. the success of your own book because yeah. there's so much that's out of your control. Keep mm-hmm. those things that you can control um, mm. close to you and right in on track yeah yeah wow ah it's tough. a lot of pressure a lot of pressure <laughs> that's why i mean it's 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 tough indie comics is tough yeah yeah my friends yeah. but uh you know it's fun it's fun. i love it i mean the the stuff that you're writing and a lot of other indie creators i mean if indie wasn't where it is today it it would be really hard for a lot of these stories to come forth. And that's why I'm a big fan of any indie comics. I mean, I, like I said, I do love superhero comics and I love Marvel and DC. I still read a lot of those, but my heart is where indie's at because you get a book like specs. You're not going to get that without having to bring forth so much canon. And there's just a lot of complexity to try and bring forth that story. And I think they want to bring forth those kind of stories, but it's really hard because you have this history that you have to kind of, honor in a certain way right but indie it's free like it's just wide open yeah, and yeah you could just tell these you can stories. do anything yeah. and then these audience those stories it makes it a lot easier to find them too right yeah and you're and you're sort of creating um your own you're sort of pushing out the industry you're pushing yeah. out what's <laughs> available and what it means to be an indie comic and like yeah. i said there's there's so many comics out there that i just i want to do the things that i want to read and i love yeah. And that don't necessarily look like everything else out there. And and as I do that, like Rain doesn't really look like the typical horror book. And Specs no. doesn't look like a typical <laughs> horror book. Right, and there's yeah. a new horror book that I'm doing um, that we announced called The Drowned Man. Ooh. And that's going to be with Chris Ryle and Syzygy and Image. And D-R-O-W-N, like drowning? Like drowned. Oh, drowned, yeah. Drowned oh. Man. So it's kind of like um, uh, it's a small town urban legend, and it's a boogeyman, and he's kind of like um, Candyman and Jaws. So he takes all of his he takes all of his victims via any sort of water. Oh wow! So no matter how much, how little, or how much water there is, oh, scary as he hell. can 
that's how he can ta- attack <laughs> and he takes kids so you oh. imagine a little kid yeah like hopping from puddle to puddle to puddle in the rain he hops in another puddle and the that's... arms come up oh that's crazy so, so what it, but it's, it's a, like but it's... what's that do we have like a timetable you could share or not yet not quite yet. Not okay, quite yet. Right. We just announced it at a, a, a WonderCon, but nice. it's going to be again. It's a spiritual successor to um, Rain and uh, Specs because it's yeah. really focused on this family and this widower who's a firefighter uh-huh. uh, and his two um, teenage twins. Mm-hmm. There's a downpour, uh-huh. and the urban legend is every time that there is a torrential uh, rainstorm, you hear a bell ring, and then the drowned man comes and takes. <sighs> his next victim oh my gosh <laughs> and the storm rolls and they move into town and they just lost their their it's two dads and they just lost one of their dads and uh-huh. the other dad is trying to start over again with his teenage twins yeah and the rain comes in oh and they hear God. the bell ringing and then the twins get taken and it's a story about this dad fighting imagine like poltergeist oh. hears him in the house but he can't yeah. find them oh and he's fighting God. to take his kids back from the drowned man so it's a okay, very <laughs> A very tight, it's a very tight um, family story. Yeah, yeah. A relationship story. And it's about parenthood and kids yeah. and safety and staying together, but set against this boogeyman. That's so um, you'll see it's very spiritually linked to those three. It's yeah, like the yeah. character horror trilogy. <laughs> so we don't have a release date quite yet for that, okay. but um, we are uh, in production on it. So like you said, we got to work work very far ahead yeah, yeah yeah um just to make sure it all comes out that's so exciting <laughs> i'm excited about it i think it's a good you know when i the premise is the idea of, it's just the idea of like Candyman, but yes but you can attack yeah you can attack via water and water is everywhere so nowhere yeah. is safe <laughs> the 80s also is one of the best uh decades for horror movies too so yeah, and it's gonna have a lot of that that vibe to it. That, Will it? Yeah, um, yeah. Of, <laughs> of course. course. I mean, one of the covers <laughs> I want to do is um, the Evil Dead poster, but instead of the oh. dirt, <laughs> she's getting dragged down into water. That would be amazing yeah, cover. Amazing. Yes, cool yes. cover, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it'll happen. It'll happen. We'll make sure it happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome, David. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed our conversation. Um, big fan of yours and the work that you do. Um, I know there's a lot of other big fans out there of a lot of the stuff that you've done, or most of the stuff I would say that you've done has been just, I don't know, I love it. Um, Canto, I'm a little biased to Canto. I really <laughs> want that uh, that uh, Saturday morning style cartoon of it. I love the adventures. It makes you feel good after you're done reading it. It just, I don't know, I get all the warm and fuzzies. Um, and then all the other stuff like specs and rain, it really makes you think. And I don't know. I, I think well, you thank you for walk away and you're like, you're thinking about it for a few hours. Good. Well, thank you for, for doing this um, yeah. show because, you know, without folks like you, it's really hard for, uh, you know, us as indie creators to get our stuff out there and get the word out. Yeah. Cause that's half the battle. You can make the best yeah. comic in the world. And if people aren't reading it, they yeah. don't know about it. You're not exactly. going to be able to, you know, can you continue on? So thank you for doing it. Thank you for having me on. I, yeah. I had a great time. It's, it was so fun to uh, goof off yeah. for a little while. I love it too. Yeah. Well, David, we wish you the very best until next time. I'm hoping that you could come on um, once uh, 
your newest venture um, comes to life. I would love to know more about it and then actually get into it and dig into it to, with you. Uh, I, I can't wait for that to happen. And uh, if you're in Southern California near Hemet, you'll be at Diggers Comics on May 6th, right? Free comic book day. Free comic book day. Do you have a, a book that you're bringing for signing? Or are you just going to let people bring that? Are you going to bring? Oh, I'm going to have some. Um, you can bring whatever you want. I don't charge for signatures unless you want to do some fancy uh, grading of it. Then, then, yeah, yeah. then we'll chat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll have some Canto variants. Ooh. And um, I'm going to have some a Specs VHS variant. Oh, how uh, cool is that? <laughs> uh, so we've got I've got a Canto VHS and I've got a Specs VHS. So for issue number one, so, um, That's so I cool. call it my um, my VHS box set from the eighties. <laughs> so I'll have a couple of those. I might have yeah. some D and think I um, have some some little combos that I'm doing of the D and D issue number one signed with one of the D and D Saturday morning cartoon action figures that I signed the box. So I'm just. <laughs> All right. Just having some fun. Just having some fun. I love it. I love it. Well, I wish you all the best, um, David. And thank you again so much for joining us. It was uh, an amazing opportunity to get to know you better and to uh, highlight all the incredible things that you've been able to do in the industry. So until next time, uh, really appreciate you and have a great weekend, David. Thank you. Yeah, you bet.